dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well, as I am. Well, I've got some medical stuff going on this week. i got to go do, you know, the visits and all that kind of stuff, plus my usual stuff. Who has time for gaming? Well, I don't, but that doesn't stop me from prepping for game and things like that. I've been thinking about your stats, your stats, your stats that you use in your game. And I will talk about that after this. Okay. Now, I'm, of course, I'm referring to a class and level system like D&D or something like that because... Well, you can you can probably apply this to any game that has a stat that has a range, okay? So, when I came up with my benchmark idea, remember that? And what's the average? I always thought that 10 was the average benchmark for a character in something like D&D. Well, I was wrong. Because what do you use to create stats for D&D, 3D6. And the range is not from 1 to 18, it's 3 to 18, because 3 is the lowest you can go. Well, technically. But here's the thing. I still do 10, because if I take those 3 away, that makes, what, 9 and 9 or 18, if you're using the full range. But what is it if you're not, it's 15. So you're like seven and a half. Now, I'm trying to get to zero. Nine does not get me to zero, nor does, nor does seven and a half. What I mean is zero as in zero pluses and things like that, modifiers, for an average person. So I still say 10 because you get no advantages you get no modifications or anything like that you use a seven and a half or a nine you get like minus one two i don't want to do that so i take a 10. now let's talk about these stats for a minute the mental and the physical when i talk about stats the reason to me the reason stats are there is so you can play something you're not like an elf or a dwarf, or a big old brawny fighter, or something like that. Because there had to be some kind of mechanic in there to help you and the game master deal with that. I always use the example, and this is, goes back to the earliest days of me being in the hobby. I said, if I wanted to play a character like Sherlock Holmes, how would I do it? I'm not that smart or observant. How would I play how would I play that? Simple. If I had an 18 intelligence, maybe a wisdom, if there's a perception stat in your game, a high perception, that's how you play it. Now, the reason I say this is because that will help me if I walk into a room and I want to figure something out and I don't have as a person have don't have a clue. The game master would probably say, well, roll, roll an intelligence roll. Do an intelligence check or a perception check if you have those. 
And then depending on how well you roll, the 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 game master will give you pertinent information. Now, that does not mean you shouldn't try and figure it out for yourself as a player. Because here's here's where roles go wrong. When people role play, R-O-L-L play, that's not good. People see what happens is then people start getting lazy. It's like they want to roll for everything. Oh, I want a secret door. I roll for secret doors. Okay, fine. You find a secret door. You know, that's a, that's more of an on-off thing. But if you if you want it, remember the stat is there for you to accomplish thing accomplish things with your character you yourself can't do. Like having great strength to bend bars and lift gates and things like that, or other things. And it helps with your attacks and all that. I know that. But what I'm saying is that's what the stat's for, so you shouldn't abuse it. Because, like I said, people get lazy and they just want to roll for everything. No, you put in some work for it first. I mean, I don't like characters. I don't like players who expect to do that all the time. You know, because if they come back and they say, well, what do I see? Now, I could say one of two things. I could say, roll your intelligence or perception or wisdom or whatever it is you do that. Or I could say, I give them a description of the room and then, okay, tell me what you're going to do. And if they say something like, I'm going to look for clues in this room, my next question would be, okay, where in this room are you looking? I'm not trying to wear them down or be a pain in the ass or something. I'm just, I'm narrowing it down for them. I'm trying to make them think a little first. To me, every aside from encounter rolls where you have to like make attack rolls and things like that, every role outside of combat has to be earned. And what I mean is the player has, has to put in some of the work. There's no two ways about it as far as I'm concerned. Because this is part of the essence of role-playing. To figure it out. Remember I said every story is a mystery, even if it's an adventure story or a horror story or whatever it is. Because you have to figure something out. So it's a mystery until you figure it out. And there is no reason why you should be putting the onus on the game master to make, let you make rolls. He doesn't have to let you make, make any rolls. He could just say you don't find anything because you're not... I'd say there are times that you don't find anything because you're not looking. Are you looking? Okay, then. Where are you looking? On the bed. Okay, you turn, turn the covers over on the bed and stuff? Okay, good. You, find, you may even find something, and I'm going to give you a roll. You find a letter under a pillow. I open the letter. It says something about my love. I love you. I will meet you here at midnight in the garden. Signed, such and such. Uh, uh, signed, Lady, Lady Molly. Well, Lady Molly is happily married, but this, what you do at that point is, I'm not going to give them all that. But it's like, okay. And if they just can't, can't put the connection here, they know if they have a background of like Lady Molly is happily married or you think she's happily married, and if the character suspects something, then you say, roll your intelligence or roll your perception or what have you. And then you can tell them, 
well, this doesn't look like her husband's handwriting. This looks like she's fooling around or something. What do you want to do? Oh, well, I'm going to go there at the specified time and hide in the bushes and find out what's really going on. Say, good. All right, we will. All right, you can do that. So I know what he's doing. But he had to work a little for it. That's the whole thing. You got to work for it. And that's what the stats are there to help you. They are not the be all and end all. Sorry I'm hammering this point home so hard, but there are newbies out there who think that's what all it's all about. You know, the, the current editions are really bad at that. And Pathfinder. They're really bad at something like that. They did, they, they, it's that and, you know, have to balance encounters, make sure they can handle something. Phooey. Another thing is, Perception and intelligence, and see, in my games, if there's no perception, what I do is I, I tell everybody to take their wisdom and their intelligence, add them together, divide it by two. The average of your wisdom and intelligence, that's your perception stat. That's what you roll for perception. And I like, even in fights, I'm not going to say make a strength roll or something like that to get something out of the way. I'm go I'm gonna narrate it a bit and then I'll do it. And that's a little that's a little obtuse. So let me say something like this. When a character's get into a fight, an encounter, I'd love it if they would do stuff like use their environment around them. What do I see? What is this? Is I my is my back on the tree? How high is the nearest branch? Things like that. And do anything you can to get the advantage over your opponent. Now, I'm not going to dock you. I'm not going to dun you. I'm not going to penalize you for anything. I don't penalize good thinking. I don't do that. You know, I'm not going to do stuff like, okay, I'm going to make my dexterity roll or my strength roll to jump up to the lowest branch and get out of this guy's way. Well, you make that roll. I'll let you do it. You don't make that roll. You don't. You miss or you fall on your face, or something like that. Mostly it'll be, you didn't jump high enough, or something like that. If you roll a one, yeah, you probably end up prone. But if you, if you don't make it, then fine, you don't make it. But I'm not going to do stuff like, oh, your enemy's going to take an attack of opportunity. I don't care what the rules say. He does not, you're doing, you're role-playing. This may take your whole turn, and you're not going to swing, you're not going to hit the guy or anything, but I'm going to let you do it because that's good role-playing, that's good thinking. So there's something to take away from that. i got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar.gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support our program, this program, and I would thank you because I really can't figure out how to do a Patreon with this. So we'll just do it this way. But I do want to thank my, my supporters who do support me. Jonathan, Dorje, Wendell, Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Soares, Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Daniel Reynolds, Dan Gregg, Benjamin Brodell, Jason, and John Allen Large. Thanks, guys. And don't forget to listen to these podcasts. Dan Gregg's Young Grognard Podcast. That's Y-U-N-G Grognard Podcast. Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Owlbear Podcast. Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries. And my buddy Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
questions, comments, send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.